Chapter 1 Ricky Lunchtime is over on the Shipley farm, and now we're standing outside again under the hot summer sun. I've been working here for a few weeks, so I know the routine. First thing in the morning, I help my friend Dylan milk the cows and the goats. Then we eat breakfast before spending the rest of the morning on hard labor. My legs and back are already tired from digging fence post holes. I'm a city boy at heart, so the last few weeks have been a challenge. You've done this before, right? Dylan hands me a wire basket with a wooden handle. Put the eggs in here. Sure thing. Although I haven't collected eggs before, it sounds easier than hauling 50-pound bags of feed around. He also hands me a plastic milk jug with the top cut off and a braided rope looped around the handle. This is for picking blueberries. You hang it around your neck so you can use both hands to pick. Cool, cool. Because I'm really good with my hands. I lift my gaze to Dylan's twin sister, Daphne, and sure enough, I find her watching me with curious brown eyes that sharpen immediately when I catch her staring. Again. Flirting with Daphne is the second best thing about working on this farm. The first best thing is the food. Honestly, I'd happily swap the order of those favorites, except the flirting hasn't gotten me where I need to go. Yet. But it's only a matter of time. Daphne knows what she wants. It's the same thing that I want. I can't say why she's so skittish, but I've given her the time and the space to overcome her hesitation. And yet she's still keeping her distance, shooting me looks every time she thinks I'm not paying attention. Spoiler alert, I'm always paying attention. Okay, kids, Dylan says with a chuckle. I'll be back in time to fence in the chickens and do the second milking. Go easy on him, Daff, he tells his sister. Why, she demands. Everyone has to do his share, even the new guy. Yeah, I know, but that isn't what I meant. His eyes twinkle. Be nice. Hey, it's all good, I insist. I like your sister. A lot. Her lips tighten. Dylan smiles. Then he gives us a wave and lopes off toward his truck, where his girlfriend is waiting to accompany him to town to do errands. As soon as he's gone, I turn to Daphne. This is good. We need to talk. This is pretty much the first time we've been alone together since I arrived here. Daphne always watches me with hungry eyes, but she doesn't talk to me. When I walk into a room, she walks out. She's afraid to let me in. I just need to figure out why. We're not here to talk, she says. The berries won't pick themselves. Fine. Should we pick berries first, then, or collect the eggs? Divide and conquer. I'll take the berries. She takes the milk jug right out of my grasp. You get the eggs. But this arrangement doesn't work for me at all. Why not together? We can have a nice little chat about why you're avoiding me. Besides, the chickens don't like me. Don't send me in there alone. She halts mid-stride. Wait, are you afraid of the chickens? Her brown eyes light up as if I've just handed her a precious gift. No way, did I say that? I scoff. I'm not actually afraid of the chickens. We eat chicken a couple of nights a week, so I'm pretty confident about who should be afraid of whom. Their eyes are a little creepy, the way they look at you first with one side of their pointy heads before switching to the other. But never mind, she's already looping the berry jug around her smooth neck. 
Daphne Shipley is all long limbs and honeyed summer skin. She has soft-looking brown hair and expressive brown eyes that can go from angry to laughing with dizzying speed. And I have it so bad for her. Get the eggs. Don't miss any, she calls over her shoulder. There should be 13 or 14 today. That's all she has to say before she disappears into the blueberry patch, a dozen or so shrubs arranged in three rows. The berry bushes aren't as tall as me, but Daphne bends over and disappears, leaving me alone here on the grass, with a wire basket and too many questions and my sexual frustration. Just another day in my messed up life. I'm kind of used to it already. I turn toward the coop and contemplate my strategy. The faster I get this done, the faster I can pick berries with Daphne. Two or three of the hens are already watching me warily. At least I don't have to deal with their electric fence, which Dylan already dismantled. So the hens are milling around their coop, scratching in the grass for bugs, and waiting to slash my throat with their sharp beaks and their scaly red feet. Okay, ladies, I say, easing my way toward the coop. Everybody be cool. This is a robbery. I hear a snort from the berry patch. Maybe Daphne isn't a fan of Pulp Fiction, but a good line is a good line, even if the chickens are doing their best to ignore me. The coop has these little doors that open from the outside, revealing the nest boxes. It's a pretty good system, and the first one I open has an egg right there for the taking. It's still warm. I set it carefully into the wire basket, and then open the next box. A hen glares at me from inside, her red eye angry. Lift up your feathered ass, girl. I don't have all day. She doesn't budge, and I let out a sigh. Then I give her a little nudge and spot the two eggs she's sitting on. This hurts me more than it hurts you, I promise her. Then one at a time, I steal those eggs, and she lets me. Three down, ten or eleven to go. As I open the next box, I feel eyes on my back. I don't turn around yet, though. Daphne's watching me. She probably thinks I'm incompetent. While I was born in Vermont, I'm a military brat. I grew up all over the world, and my idea of spending a great day outside is drinking in a German beer garden or sitting at an Australian cafe drinking flat whites and reading poetry. But it's hard to deny that the country life looks good on me. It's only been a few weeks, and I'm tanner and stronger than I've been in years, and Daphne likes that a whole lot more than she's willing to admit. Fine. If she's going to watch me, I'll give her something to look at. I set the wire basket down in the grass and then strip off my t-shirt. Then I angle my torso a quarter turn and flex when I open the next box. I gather another egg and then cut my eyes to the right to try to catch her watching me. Bingo. I see a flash of silver between the branches of a blueberry bush. Shipley? I call out. You need something? What are you doing with your phone? Checking the time. I have a call in an hour. My new job in Burlington starts tomorrow. Huh. I was planning to head to Burlington tomorrow, too. What a coincidence. After you're done with the eggs, you can pull some of these weeds, she says, changing the topic. It's a mess over here. Yes, ma'am. We can do that together, right? No way, she insists. Damn. I go back to the eggs. The sun beats down on me an hour later as I tug another dandelion out of the dirt. 
My back aches from leaning over, but my knees are saved by the green cushion I'm kneeling on. It's called the garden pad, and when Ruth Shipley, Daphne and Dylan's mom, handed it to me 15 minutes ago, her smile said, here you poor tired fucker, don't die on my property. The chance of that is low, but not zero, and I'm really fucking thirsty right now. My body aches from this morning's pasture work, where I dug hole after fence post hole to keep up with Dylan and his older brother Griffin. I'd had too much pride to take things slow. And now my poor, tired body needs to lie down on this strip of grass for a nap. I'd also like a cold beer and a smoke, but I've promised Mrs. Shipley that I'd quit smoking, so I can't light up so close to the farmhouse. And I'm a stubborn bastard. I'm going to weed this damn patch if it kills me. Staying here for the summer was all my idea, after all. Dylan Shipley is my friend and roommate during the school year. I knew the Shipleys were always shorthanded, so I'd made Dylan a deal. If they took me on for the summer, I could rent out my Burlington house and get Dylan's rent down to practically nothing for next year. Hell yes, he'd said. We'd be happy to have you, so long as you know what you're getting into. The hours are long. I've never thought of myself as a wimp. I've climbed El Cap. I've crossed jungles in Thailand. Not lately, though. A couple of years ago, I was injured, and it took a big toll on my body as well as my life. Still, I hadn't realized until now how soft I'd become, and it's taking longer than I'd hoped to adapt to all this farm work. I plunge the dandelion fork down into the dirt and wiggle it, but when I tug on the weed, it promptly breaks off in my hand. Fuck. The weeds know I'm not cut out for this. They can tell I'm the kind of guy who thinks weed is something you put in a bong. It's not a verb, damn it. Several long minutes of digging and cursing later, I'm finally able to extract the damn root from its hole. I toss it into the ragged pile I've made. Then I throw down the hand tools and sink onto the grass like the tired man that I am. Above me is a sky so blue that it almost hurts to look at it. The yellow sun beats down on my bare chest. Three weeks on this Vermont hillside have already tanned my skin to a burnished glow beneath my tats. My back throbs and my limbs ache against the grass. And now there's something crawling on my ankle. I'm too tired to see what it is. Who knew it was so exhausting to be healthy? Slowly I sit up again and flick a spider off my foot. The view between the blueberry bushes offers me an oblique look at Daphne. She's hosing down some of the wooden barrels the Shipleys use to age their cider. After berry picking, she hustled over there to keep her distance from me again. She's a tough nut to crack, but I'm a patient man. I've had to be. These last couple of years have tested me in every possible way. Daphne thinks I'm cocky, and she used to be right. But these days, my cocky routine is more about muscle memory than confidence. It's hard to be a shell of your former self at 22. When I flirt with Daphne, though, it's not an act. She is very interesting to me, and not just because she's ridiculously pretty. It's her attitude that really gets me going. She has a brisk efficiency that I find sexy, a no-nonsense way of moving her body. She doesn't have time for your bullshit, and she doesn't suffer fools. She's not particularly warm or friendly. That doesn't bother me, because neither am I. She's the angry Shipley, and it works for me. I'm dying to know why she avoids me. We met a couple times before I came to stay here, and it's completely possible that I offended her and don't remember. I sure as hell hope not. 
I wish she'd soften up toward me, otherwise it's going to be a long summer. We're sharing a bathroom, for starters. I'm staying on the second floor of the main farmhouse, where she and her mother also live. Meanwhile, Dylan is living it up with his girlfriend in the bunkhouse, which is a separate building. They need their privacy, I guess, because those two have more sex than soldiers returning from war. Last week, I caught them going at it in the middle of the meadow on a blanket. Had to walk an extra quarter mile just to get out of range of all the moaning. Across the way, Daphne straightens up again. Her tank top is just a little damp from the spray of the hose. And I find myself wondering what she'd look like soaking wet. I've had a strange time of it lately. Hookups haven't really been very high up on my list of things to do. But I'll be damned if Daphne Shipley hasn't shaken the dust off my rusty libido. There's something about those long limbs that gets me going. Her thick brown hair is always trying to escape a soft-looking knot on top of her head. I'd like to pull the clip off that hair until it tumbles down around her bare shoulders. In the middle of this evil but entertaining thought, I hear just the slightest rustle from the other direction. The sound is far enough away that I can't tell if it's a person or a creepy-eyed chicken, but I sit up either way. It would be embarrassing to be caught lying down on the job, so I'm back to work, tugging another weed out of the ground, when someone comes around the corner of the chicken coop. I look up, ready to call out a greeting, but the visitor is not, in fact, one of the Shipleys. It's a black bear, a real one, a full-grown mother-fucking bear, and it's holding a white bucket in its jaws. And now I understand that expression, frozen with fear. It takes me several long glugs of my heart to react, since I'm paralyzed with indecision. Should I stand up and run? Shout? Play dead? The beast is just a few paces away. I can see the whiskers on its snout. It takes another step, and that's what gets me moving. I stand up, but my shout gets caught in my throat. I grab the dandelion fork off the grass. It's my only weapon. But when I take a step backward, I trip on the goddamn garden pad and go down on my ass. The bear watches me scramble around on the ground like a wounded cockroach. I pop up again with a strangled sound, and I turn my body as far as I dare, trying to warn Daphne. Bear! I yelp in a voice much too high for a grown man's. But it's enough. Her head swings in this direction. The bear drops his bucket, and it lands with a loud smack. Even if he's about to eat me for lunch, at least Daphne can get away. I see her running toward the tractor shed. At least one of us can flee to safety. Clutching the garden tool, I take a slow step backward. Fuck off, bear! Go on back to the hundred-acre wood or where the fuck ever! He grabs the bucket's handle in his mouth again and drags it a few feet away from me. And then I edge backward, wondering if it's safe to make a run for it. But then I hear a sound behind me, and I risk everything to take a look over my shoulder. Daphne storms out of the tractor shed, and she's carrying... Is that a shotgun? Before I can blink, she lifts that gun and blasts a shot into the sky, handling the recoil like a champ. My head whips around again as the bear drops the bucket with a loud thump and then trots his fat ass away from me. He keeps right on going, ambling across the meadow and finally disappearing into the tree line. Holy shit! I shout, turning around to see Daphne, who's watching him go. She's holding the shotgun carefully but casually, muzzle pointed toward the ground, her posture 100% badass in her tiny little shorts. 
Did you see that? It was a motherfucking bear. I'm still in shock. She shrugs. Shrugs. They like the sunflower seeds. Those assholes. I hope he didn't break the bucket. She passes me to pick up the bucket and give it a shake. The lid is still screwed onto it, and I can hear the sunflower seeds rattle inside. Then she walks past me again, on her way to lock the gun away. I watch her long, tanned legs march past, and I'm both turned on and a little frightened of her. I like my women feisty, this one particularly, and I'm starting to think that this summer could be a whole lot of fun. Thank you for listening to my first chapter. For more information about audiobooks that are upcoming and freebies, please visit serenabowen.com audio. Thanks a million.